Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. All right, let's go. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. If you're there, can you shout amen? All right, it says this, for this reason, this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, that you would be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Can somebody give God a big praise for that right there? Come on. I want to continue with the, uh, the word, with the theme beyond. We're going to talk about this for just uh, one more week today, for just a few more moments, and then we'll worship God, and, and I'm believing that God's going to move in this place today. Amen. Come on, why don't we close our eyes, bow our head, and let's ask God to bless this time together. Father, we thank you. We love you for your grace, for your goodness, for your love toward us and with us. We pray that you would have your way today in our lives. I pray that you would heal people and set people free, that you would open up our hearts, our minds, our understanding to know you and all your great plans that you have for us. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Amen. Oh, come on, all of God's people say. Come on, can you give Jesus one more praise? Come on, with all you got, give him one more praise. Beyond. That's the theme of our church this year when it comes to vision. Beyond. I wonder what goes through your mind when we say beyond. Beyond. How many know that we have a God that is beyond? Our God is beyond. He's beyond comprehension. He's beyond understanding. Sometimes it's hard for us to fathom how great and mighty our God is. But he's beyond. He's beyond time and space. He's beyond any limits that we can put on him. God is, is way, way bigger than what our mind can think of. He's a God that's beyond. Not only is he beyond, God does beyond. He can do way more than we can do. Some of us, we think that we can do a whole lot. Some of the guys in here, you get in the gym and you can bench press 250 pounds. And you're like, Rrr! beyond. <laughs> Some of us think that we're, we're extremely smart and we have a whole lot of wisdom and intelligence and we can do a whole lot in life. And some of us have become very uh, professional people in our careers and, and we think that we have a whole lot of knowledge, but it, it, it really takes a moment just to step back and say, whoa, wait a minute, if I can do a whole lot, God can do a whole lot more than me. Not only is God beyond, he, he does beyond. I can maybe build a house, but God, he built a universe. 
I can maybe put an Ikea table together, and that takes a whole lot of understanding. <laughs> but God, he set up galaxies and stars, and he spoke the sun into motion. Our God, not only is he beyond, our God does beyond. We have a powerful God, and this is what we're talking about as a vision for our church for 20. 19. I, I, I grew up in a home where my parents worked extremely hard to provide for me and, and my siblings, my brother and my sister. And, and, and we had a really good life, but, but we were not uh, rich or we didn't have a lot of money by, by any kind of, like, not, not even close. Like, at times, actually, we were broke. Can anybody relate? You know what I'm talking about? And so we didn't, we didn't, we weren't exposed to a whole lot of luxury or anything like that. And in fact, my first car that I bought was a 1998 Isuzu Rodeo. It was amazing. And that was the first car I owned. It was awesome. But, but after about a month, it had no AC. And uh, after about two months, all the electronics in the car stopped working, right? It was an older car, a beat-up car. And uh, one time I had to hold the window up with a little screwdriver. Literally, that's what I had to do. Don't judge me. Okay, I'll judge you right back. Like, that was my struggle. That was the car I had. And so I had a car that had a whole bunch of problems. And I'll never forget when, when, when we rented one time. We rented this car. I think I was going up on a trip with some friends. And we rented this car. And I, for the first time ever, I was exposed to a car with so much technology and so much features. My mind was blown away. I had never seen that other than Disney World, right? Like I'd never seen stuff like that. It was amazing. I, I step into the car and, and all of a sudden this car has AC that does not fail. Come on, I was praising God for some good AC. Not only did it have AC, it had dual AC. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like I, I could put the temperature in one, uh, one setting for my direction, and the passenger, if he was cold, he could put up the heat if he wanted to, right? Like it was dual AC, and I had never seen that. I'm like, my God, like we're living in the future. This is amazing. Beautiful. It had all these features, all these electronics. Everything worked and went up and down. You would press this button, the back door would go up by itself. And I'm like, we ain't have this in the hood, right? Like, oh my God. Like, if I came from the hood, I really didn't. But uh, I'm like, my God, this is amazing. All the, you press one button and this lady would talk. How can I help you today? I'm just like, oh my God. The car speaks to you. I can have a relationship with my car and, and tell her how I'm doing, tell her what I need. And, all these features, right? It was amazing. And I'm looking throughout the car. I'm like, this is awesome. Every car should have this, right? It's incredible. I, all of a sudden, I go to the seat that I'm in, and it has a bunch of electronic buttons on the side, and I can move it back. Before, it was some handle underneath your seat. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you used to hold that handle, like it just got stuck. I'm, at, I'm just driving however this seat is, right? I'm not, I'm not moving it. This one had electronic buttons that worked. I'm just, hmm. It's like, whoa, this is amazing, right? You can lean forward, lean back. It had all these features that my car didn't have. And I was enjoying this car, and I started thinking, imagine I had this rental that I was enjoying with all these features, yet I still drove like I was in my Isuzu Rodeo of 1998, right? And I started thinking, I said, how many of us like believers, we have a God that has all these features, yet we're still living like a God that is only limited to one thing in our lives, right? He can only do one thing in my life. So many of us, we forget that we have a God that is beyond, and he does beyond what we can imagine. God, he's much bigger than you and I can fathom. He's bigger than we can imagine. He's holding universes and galaxies in his hand. Our God, he's great, he's huge, he's big, and yet so many of us live with a limited God mentality. My God can only do so much in my life and through my life. 
And I really think that it creates a problem. And the problem is that our lives don't match up with what we know. Our lives really don't match up with the God that we know. We go through life living this less than life, right? Less than it's supposed to be. Less than what God expects us to live. Less than what God wants us to experience. Less than all the blessings that he wants to pour out in our lives. Because we say, God, you're, you're awesome, you're mighty, but there's only so much that you can do in my life. And, and I can just imagine God in heaven looking down like, will you believe? Will you believe for the more that I have for you? Will you believe for the more that I have for your family? Will you believe for the more that I have for your marriage? Will you believe for the more that I have for your spirit? Will you believe for the more that I have for your city? Will you believe that I can heal you? Will you believe that I can pick you up? Will you believe that I can free you? Will you believe that I have so much more for your life? Will you believe it? So many of us, we, we really don't believe it. Let's be honest. We have a hard time believing it because we look at our past and we look at our history and we say, God, but I've done so much wrong. I've messed up too much. That's only reserved for some people or some pastors, but definitely not up to me because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm messed up. I've done some wrong things in my life, so there's no way that God can do the beyond in my life. And so we limit what God wants to do in and through our life. And God is in heaven like, will you believe it? Will you believe what I want to do in your life? Will you believe what I can do through your life? How, how many believers are living their life addicted to sin, addicted to a bad habit in their life, and they can't shake it, and they're living this life in bondage? They're living this life addicted to things that they shouldn't be addicted to. They're living this life in defeat. They're living this life that's all the way down, and God is like, I, I can bless you. I can free you if you just trust me. Oh, I can open up the windows of heaven and I'll pour down blessings over your life. You don't have to live your life in defeat. You don't have to live your life always looking down. You can look up. There's a God who loves you. There's a God that's for you. There's a God that wants to bless you more than you can imagine. And yet we live our lives always looking down. And what I'm trying to tell you today is that if you can believe beyond, then you can receive more than you can imagine. If you can believe beyond, you can receive beyond. I'm telling you, God wants to bless you. God wants to give you so much more. God wants to use you. God wants to do something powerful through you. But can you believe? Can you believe it? God's like, I'm here. I'm, I'm ready to bless you. I'm ready to pour out all these blessings on your life. It's what Jesus says when Jesus came down in the book of John chapter 10. Verse 10, it says this, that Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy, but I come that they may have life and have it to the full. Anybody want a full life this morning? Come on. I love the way that the, the, the passion translates. The passion puts it this way. A thief only has one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy, but I come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness till you overflow. Oh, come on. I, I wish I was talking to somebody that can receive that this morning. He's saying, I come that you may have life and life in abundance till it overflows. Can I tell you, you don't have a God that wants to give you a limited amount of blessings. You don't have a God that wants to give you a limited amount of life. You have a God that wants you to overflow with joy, overflow with peace, overflow with all kind of grace, overflow with blessing. You have a God that wants to open up the windows of heaven and he'll pour down every single blessing on our 
our life if we can just believe it that he came to give us life and life to the full. I'm done living a life less than. I'm done living a life not believing. I'm done living a life that says, God, you only have a little bit for me. When I have the God of heaven that he loves me, he's my father. He loves me and he can bless me beyond all I can. Oh, come on. Somebody got to give God a big, big shout of praise in this place. And yet we live our lives. We live our lives saying, poor me. I'm saved and I'm going to heaven, but in the meantime, poor me. This is, this is what I have to deal with for the rest of my life. I have to carry my shame and I have to carry my guilt for the rest of my life. I have to carry my mistakes for the rest of my life. God can't bless me because I've done too much wrong. God, God can't do something in my life because I've done too much wrong, too messed up. He, he'll bless somebody else. Sure, he'll bless Mike. He's like six foot one. He looks good. He's awesome. He must be a, he must have been a, he was born a pastor, right? He, he'll bless him, right? Oh, for sure he'll bless Jersey. Come on, like look at Jersey, that bald head. Of course he'll bless him. The glory of God shining over his head, right? For sure he'll bless a few people, but he can't bless my life because I, I wasn't born to be a leader. I wasn't born to be anything in the kingdom of God. I'll just take my salvation, I'll go to heaven, and not enjoy everything else that God has for me. And so we have all these things that are bringing us down and, and weighing us down. And, and can I be honest, I, I really wanted to take an extra week with this because I'm sick and tired of believers living lives that are less than what God has for them. And I just want to pastor the type of church that's going to say, God, we're going to believe beyond. We're not going to let the past dictate our future. We're going to open up our eyes. We're going to lift up our head. And we're going to believe everything that God has spoken over our life. Oh, come on. We're not going to be a church that just settles for the less that God has for. Oh, come on. We're going to take it all. We're going to take every blessing. We're going to take everything. Our spiritual inheritance. We're going to walk in it. We're going to believe in it. We're going to tell Miami there's a God that loves them, that's for them that's on their side you don't have to live addicted you don't have to live in bondage you don't have to live defeated you got victory because of the cross of Jesus Christ because of his blood and because he took a loss you and I can stand up oh the grave is empty the stone has been rolled away you and I can live alive today somebody give God a big shout of praise come on So many people living in defeat. This is what Paul's trying to tell the church in Ephesus. He's praying for them and he's saying, this God, he's a mighty, mighty God. And he's trying to tell them what he has understood. Paul has understood a mighty revelation from God. Remember, they thought that the gospel was only for the Jews. They said the only people that can get saved were Jewish people. Jesus only came for some people, not for all people. Isn't it crazy? We can still have that kind of mentality today in church. Yeah, some, of, some of us don't want to say, yeah, but we'll sit in church and we'll look across the auditorium like, mm, what are they doing here? Mm-mm, God can't do nothing. No, no, Lord Jesus, what are they doing here? I saw them in the club last night. They're not, what are they doing here? What were you doing in the club last night as well? And so they thought the gospel was only for, for some people. And Paul gets a revelation. Wait a minute. The good news is for everybody. Whoa, this is, I mean, this is mind-blowing. And for us, maybe we've already become used to this, but we have to understand that Jesus came to 
opened the door huge for the entire world, anybody that believes, so that none would perish and all would come to everlasting life in him. And Paul is writing this in chapter 3. He's like, oh, God has blessed me with this mystery, with this revelation that this isn't only for a select few, that this also isn't only for some who think they're elite. This isn't only for those who think they're spiritual. This isn't only for those that think their life is all together. This is for the messed, ones, the messed ones up too. This is for the sinful one too. This is for those that are far from God as well. This is for sinners, addicts, drug dealers, prostitutes. The gospel is for everybody. My God, he's, he's blown away and he's saying there, there is no limit, there is no boundary to the love and the power of God. And he's blown away by this thing, right? Like, like you could read, read all of chapter 3, you could, you could just hear it in his tone and he's writing. He's just blown away, he's saying, my God, this is incredible. And he says, this is why I'm praying. He begins in verse 14. I'm praying that you would understand this. I'm praying that you would understand how powerful this is. That we were all included in the gospel, no matter what our lives might have looked like. That we are all now children of God because of Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, and how he overcame the grave. What that caused was a revolution throughout history. Because now each and every single one of us who calls on the name of Jesus, are saved, sanctified, soon to be glorified. And that is amazing. Paul's saying, I, I hope you understand this. And he says, oh, to him who can do actually beyond all of that, to him who could actually exceed all of that. If that's what God did, and that was absolutely incredible, then you better praise him because he could do way more than that as well. Oh, don't just think that he came to save Gentiles and Jews only. He came to use Gentiles too. And he came to heal. And he came to deliver. And he came to open up a door that no man can open. And he came to pick us up. And he came to take us out of our broken, dead state and give us life and life more abundantly. That's why we preach the gospel with the boldness that we preach because we know that there is no other name but the name of Jesus where men can be saved. You want to be saved? Call on Jesus. You want to be healed? Call on Jesus. You want to be set free? Call on Jesus. The name of Jesus has power. The name of Jesus can change you. The name of Jesus can deliver you. The name of Jesus can change a city. The name of Jesus can free you. The name of Jesus will shake the gates of hell. Oh, come on. It wasn't just a little power that Jesus showed when he overcame the grave. Because he overcame the grave, me and you have eternal life today. And he's saying, this is incredible. This is why you can believe beyond. You don't have to live a life less than. You don't just have to settle for the little bit that God has for you. You and I, we can believe for God so much more. I'm telling you, I'm believing God for more in my life, in my marriage, in my family, for this church, for your life, for your family, for your marriage. Because we have a God that can do beyond. As a church... We just decided this year we're going to go beyond in four different areas, right? We talked about it a little last week. Look at the four different areas that we're going to focus on. We said we're going to reach people like never before, right? 11 a.m. right now, we don't fit. We got, we got additional CD completely packed. Next week, we'll sit on the floor if we have to. But we're determined there's people that need to hear Jesus. And so we're going to reach them through weekend services, talking, evangelizing, bringing people so that they can know God. We reach so that people can know God. We help, right? We want to help people. We just don't want to reach people. We want to help people. And we do it mostly through connect groups so that people can find freedom. We teach mostly through growth tracks so that people can discover their purpose. And we want to release people 
so that they can make a difference in the world. And you can start through Dream Team. Four things that we're going to focus on as a church. I want to give you four more things. Four characteristics that I, I want all of us to have. If you call Calvary home and if you're a believer, I think these are four things that we all need to do. Right? Because God can do the beyond. Number one, we always look forward. Somebody say look forward. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody after service and they came up to me and they said, you don't know how much I needed that. Because we have a bunch of believers that all they do is look backwards. Right? God is calling you forward. We get saved and we understand that Jesus, he died for us and he has a plan. And God is calling us forward into our future. But so many of us are living like this. Trying to move forward, but yet I'm, I'm, I'm still stuck in my, in my mistakes. I'm, I see you, God, and I hear you calling me, but, but, but you don't understand what I did last night. God, God I know you got a plan for me, but, but you don't understand. I went through this divorce, and I messed up really, really bad. Okay, I know you got a plan for me, but, but there's some shame in my history. There's some guilt hanging over my head, and we have a bunch of people that God is calling them forward, but they always live look, look, looking backwards. I'm just looking, looking, I'm looking, I'm stuck, I'm stuck in my history, I'm stuck, I'm stuck in what I did, I'm stuck in, in some of the things I, I, I've said a, a sorry a million times for the same sin, God. How can you forgive somebody like me? How can you use somebody like me? How can I make a difference if, if I'm this messed up person and it comes to the point where God is calling us and we don't even look anymore in that direction because we're so fixated in this one. God's like... Do you understand the plan I have for you? Do you understand how powerful the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus was? Are you really thinking that your sin is greater than my son? We're fixated on it. We're saying this is, this is it. Can I tell you today, don't, don't let your history determine your destiny. Look forward. Let's be the type of church. Let's be the type of people that look forward. You went through a divorce. The first marriage didn't work out. Let God's grace pick you up. You pick up your head and look forward. And I say, I'm going to believe for a better marriage. I'm going to believe for a better future. A lot of people say, Alex, I don't want to go in a connect group. I used to go to this connect group and I used to serve in this church. And, and people burned me. People, people cheated on me. And people did me dirty. And because of church history, they get now go into a new place and they stop serving God. And they're sitting on a calling. They're sitting on an anointing. They're sitting on a ministry inside their life. But because of history, they continue looking back. And, and they don't move forward into everything that God has for them. And they miss out on the entire, I remember one time, one time we were playing football. It was a bunch of us, a bunch of us that used to hang out together and we would go play football. And I remember the guy that was playing quarterback throws the, the ball one time and one of our friends he catches the ball and he's running and, and he's like wide open you know he's at, he has the rest of the field ready to go and it looks like nobody was going to catch him and at first he took off running like he was he was gunning he looked like me out there right just running right <laughs> why you laugh and he's running and maybe about halfway he just kind of slowed down and and he started looking backwards to see if anybody was close to him, right? And he started looking backwards, and he was looking in every direction to see if anybody. And he missed one guy that was coming right next to him. And our friend just tackled him to the ground. I'm talking about, like, just tackled him. Like, like hurt, put the hurt on him, right? He landed all in the street, in the glass, I mean, the grass, like, just, like, all banged up, right? Because, I mean, we, we played real football. Anybody knows about that? No, play flag. No, we played real football. I remember he got up and one of our other friends stood up and told him, hey, anytime you're running, never look back. The moment you look back, you slow down and that's why you got tackled. And I'll never forget that. 
So many of us, God is calling us forward to a future, to a destiny, to a calling, trying to tell us I have a better hope, I have a future, I want to go beyond in your life. And all we do is continue to look backwards. If you continue to look backwards, you're going to slow down from everything that God has for you. Number one, we're always going to look forward. Number two, write this down, we're always going to believe God. We're always going to believe God. Alex, what are you talking about? I believe in God. Here's a big difference. There's a difference in believing in God than believing God. It's a huge, huge difference. A lot of us believe in God, but not many of us believe God. We believe in God, all of us. I mean, the, the Bible says even demons believe in God, right? Jesus used to show up somewhere and demons were like, ah, right, just take off. They know who showed up. Like, oh my God, is that Jesus himself is here. And demons used to tremble. The Bible says one time in the book of Matthew, right, Jesus would show up somewhere and demons were trembling and, and leaving people in a moment. But all of a sudden the people had no faith in the power of God. And it says Jesus moved on to another city because the people in that city had no faith in Jesus. We can believe in God, but it's hard for us to believe God. You know what I think it is? I think it's too many years of people probably lying to us, too many years of people breaking promises, too many people telling us one thing and doing something else, and so we put those same characteristics on God. Well, if this person left me and if this person lied to me, then God must do the same. Last night, we got invited to go see like some hot air balloons down in Homestead, and if you would have seen the advertisement for this thing, I thought I was gonna go see the greatest thing in my life. The picture, the picture showed like a hundred hot air balloons in the air. Come to Homestead, a hundred hot air balloons. It's going to be the most beautiful thing ever. Me and Dana were excited. We're like, my God, this is beautiful. I've always wanted to see this, right? We show up, ten balloons tied to the ground. They're like, this is, some of us did lines for two hours trying to get in there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He just showed up like, I came to see 10 balloons tied to the ground. I could have been home. I could have been eating. I could have been anywhere else, right? False advertisement. Can I tell you, God is not a false advertiser. What he says, what he promises, he will complete. He's a God that saves. He's a God that he will deliver. If he spoke a promise over your, li over your life, he's not a liar or a son of man to lie. Somebody got to give God some praise because he won't go back on his word. He's a God that always says and he always accomplishes what he speaks, he'll make happen. He's a God of his promise. He's a God that won't be shaken. He's a healer. He's a savior. You can bank on him. He will provide. He will save. He'll save your family. He'll save your co-workers. Can you believe? I just don't want to believe in him. I want to believe him. I'm going to believe him. I'm not going to limit him because of what other people have done. Number one, an open heart. Number two, believe God. Number one, look forward. Number two, believe God. Number three, an open heart. I'm getting ahead of myself. Number three, an open heart. Are you going to live a big-spirited life or are you going to live a small-spirit life? Are you going to live life with an open heart or with a closed heart? I determined months ago, I'm going to live life with an open heart no matter who backstabs me, no matter who lies to me, no matter who, what people try to do. I, I always want to live life with an open heart. I want to believe God and and I'm going to believe that anytime God comes to visit me and he's knocking on my door and saying, can I bless you? I'm not going to say, no, God, not today. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. 
How many hearts is he knocking on because he wants to bless you? He wants to show you more than you could imagine. And there's closed hearts. Can't receive it. What kind of heart are you going to have today? All right? Can I tell you, there's a different, your perspective will change if you open up your heart. A closed heart sees obstacles. An open heart sees opportunities. Right, if you live life with an open heart, you're going to say, this isn't nothing but an opportunity for God to show off in my life. Yeah, we're reaching beyond. I'm going to pray for my husband to come to church. And a closed heart will say, I prayed that for that man 50 years. He ain't chained. He's hard-headed. He ain't going to church. He ain't nobody saving him. An open heart will say, oh, it don't matter. The, the testimony is just getting better every single day. A closed heart will say, my son ain't coming to church. He's been a drug addict his whole life. He ain't going, no, he, he's going, there's a, there's a bad future for him. Lord, save him. An open heart will say, whoa, wait a minute, his story is going to be that much greater. A closed heart will say, oh, there's so much to do in dream team and connect groups and all these things. An open heart will say, there's a whole city to reach. There's new souls coming, right? Do you have an open heart or a closed heart? I just want to always live with an open heart, right? I, I don't want to live with a closed heart that only sees problems. I want to have an open heart that always sees solutions, right? I, I want to see the city with an open heart. I want to see coworkers and friends and family members with an open heart. Let's live lives always looking forward, always believing God, and always with an open heart. And number four, finally, you can write this down. We're always going to expect more. Always living life expecting more. I'm going to take limitations off my mind. I'm going to take limitations off my spirit. And I'm just going to say, God, I, I'm going to expect that you can do way more than I can imagine. Right? I'm going to always look forward. I'm going I'm to live life always looking forward, believing that God's going to do awesome things in my life. I'm going to live life with an open heart. And I'm going to live life expecting God to do something. I met somebody one time that every single morning he would wake up and he will say, today God's going to bless me. God's going to bless me today. He would see him another day. He's like, oh, today God's going to bless me. Just like, oh, you got a very positive outlook. It's not positive. I serve a good God. And it's like, oh, I want some of that. <laughs> It'll be another day. We'll be at work and everybody will be down. He's like, oh, today God's going to bless me. And I'm like, you know, that's a, that's a good perspective to have. That I serve a father who is a good God. If earthly fathers who are evil give their children good gifts, how much more our heavenly father? Oh, he's going to bless me. He's going to bless me. It doesn't mean life is going to be easy. It doesn't mean that everything is going to go well in life. There's going to be storms. There's going to be troubles, trials. But I have a God that's on my side that's way bigger than anything that I'm facing. And I'm just always going to expect God to do something in my life. I'm always going to live with an open heart, always going to look forward, always going to believe God. And, and I'm just going to expect God to do something. I'm going to wake up in the mornings and I'm going to say, you know what, today, God, somehow, someway, you're going to provide for me. You're going to provide for me. I'm, I'm expecting a miracle. I'm expecting you to do something. The great Bishop T.D. Jakes said, expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. Right? Are you walking around with expectancy? When you walk around expecting something in your life, you're preparing the ground for a miracle. Some people never receive miracles because they never expect miracles. They're never walking around saying, God, how, how are you going to bless me today? God, I see that your hand is moving. But I'm going to walk around. Right? Like, do you show up to church 15 minutes after service started and just said, ah, I'm not expecting much of worship. I'm just going to show up for the word. 
Or do you show up early before doors open and say, today I'm expecting God to meet me in worship and oh my soul, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bless his name, right? Let's live with expectation. I wake up on Sunday mornings and no matter how I'm feeling, I say, God, today you're gonna save somebody. Today you're gonna heal somebody. Today you're gonna do something awesome in our midst. Not because of me, not because of us, but because of your grace and your good. Today you're gonna do something, God. I'm expecting God to do something. And what I, what I realize is that many times, we don't expect God to do much because we're limited by our circumstance and our situation. You say, well, there's, there's no way I can expect God to do anything because look at what I'm in. I'm facing this challenge in my life. How can I have any expectation when I have these challenges before me? How can I expect God to move in my life if, if right now I'm facing this disease and this sickness in my life? How can I expect God to save my friends and my family and invited them 50 times and look at their condition and if you if you walk by sight it's going to be hard to have faith if you walk by what your eyes only see it's going to be really difficult to have faith that God can do more real faith is is saying I, I don't care what I'm seeing I know what I'm believing what I'm seeing may be challenging but what I'm believing is that God is in control. What I'm seeing may be difficult, but what I'm believing is that there's a God that nothing is impossible for him. What I'm facing may be hard, but I know that I have a God that is greater than all of my opposition. When you can lift up your eyes above the temporary situation, oh, and you can believe that God could do beyond, I'm telling you, your life will start to change. We just take a different look. You could be seeing one thing, but believing another. And that's the life that God calls us to live. I'll finish with this story. In, in 1982, there was this big game going on. It was a college football game, and it was Wisconsin versus Michigan. It was a huge college football game, and the stadium was packed, I believe, with over 70,000 people. And there in Wisconsin, and, and everybody was pumped for this game, but as the game begins, Wisconsin is getting beat. Like, they're just losing. They're getting trashed all over the field. And how many know when you go to a game and your home team is losing, there is no energy in that stadium. There, no, nobody's excited. If it was Miami, everybody would head to the doors. Come on, that's the kind of fans we are. First quarter, no, nobody's cheering. Second quarter, nobody's cheering. Third quarter, nobody's cheering. I believe the score was like 16 to 5 or 16 to 10 or something like that. And Wisconsin fans, they were down and out. And they're just like, ah. But in 1982, a lot of people would take radios to the stadium because they would hear the game live as what they were watching down on the field. And so they would hear the, the, uh, the transmitting thing um, of people and broadcasters transmitting the game. And it says that everybody in the stadium had their headphones on and they had radios on. And, and somewhere around the third quarter, everybody in the stadium started cheering and chanting. And everybody started high-fiving each other and there's coaches that to this day, they said they would look around the stadium and they were like, what is going on? Like, why is everybody cheering? Like, we are you're cheering, now you, you're glad we're getting, we're losing. You're glad we're getting whooped, right? And, and they're like, what is going on? The whole stadium's like ah, high-fiving each other and going crazy and nobody understood it. And what they didn't know is that they were not listening to that game at that particular time because 70 miles away on the other side of Wisconsin, the Milwaukee Brewers were in the World Series. And it was game four, and the Brewers were down in the series, and they were about to be basically eliminated from the World Series. And 
first inning, ninth, second inning, third inning, fourth inning. They were down and out. And it looks like they were going to make a comeback. But around the fifth inning, they started making a comeback and they started making a run. And they were watching one thing, but in their ears, they were listening to their other home team come back and continue in the World Series. And somewhere around the seventh inning, they came back and they took now charge of that game. And they were moving on to the fifth game of the World Series. And their team, their football team might have been losing. And they're watching one thing with their eyes, but in their ear, they're saying, wait a minute, I got victory on my ear. I got victory on the other side. Can I tell you, you could be watching one thing, but you could be listening to something else. Your eyes could be telling you there's defeat but let your ears hear what the word of God says your eyes could be watching sickness but let your ears hear how God is a healer your eyes could be watching problems but let your ears hear how our God he's a problem solver your eyes may be watching defeat but your ears could be listening to victory because we have a God who saves we have a God who delivers we have a God who heals oh don't go by your eyes go by what your ears can hear Somebody give God a big praise in this place. Come on, I'm going to ask you to stand up on your feet. All across this auditorium, I'm going to ask you to stand up on your feet if you're able to. I'm telling you, what are your eyes seeing and what are you believing with your heart? With every eye closed, with every head bowed. There's people in here that you've, you've seen nothing but defeat your entire life. Right now, you're looking all around and it looks like your problems, they're not getting any better. Right now, it looks like life is only getting tougher and harder. And if you're not careful, your, your ears can tune out what the Word of God wants to speak over your life. Today, I just believe that God wants to bless you more than you could imagine. Today, He wants to tell you He's with you and He's never going to leave your side. He wants to tell you, I want to do beyond. Will you believe? Will you believe? There's some people here that God wants to hear you from hurts of the past. God wants to heal you from some things that you, you've been holding on. You've been holding on to shame and guilt for way too long. And, and God's like, will you believe that I can do beyond what you can imagine? Will you believe that I can do beyond what you're expecting? Are you going to look forward? Are you going to have an open heart? Are you going to believe me? Are you going to live expecting more? He's for you. He's with you. He's on your side. If today you're hearing... You, you're saying, Alex, I, I need healing in my life. I've been, I've been stuck in a moment, stuck in the past, stuck in history. I want to believe God for the beyond this year. I want to open up my eyes. I, I want to look forward. I want to believe God and have an open heart and expect more. If you had a hard, a hard time believing God, if you've had a hard time believing that God can do the beyond, with every eye closed, every head bowed, if that's you, can you raise your hand right now across this whole auditorium? Hands being raised all over the place. Raise your hand as high as you can. Father, you see every single hand lifted. People who've had challenges believing that you can do much more in their life. I pray that you begin to heal people in this place and set them free in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I pray that you begin to move in a powerful way, God. People who've had limited mentalities of what you can do in their life, limited thoughts and limited faith, I pray that you open up their eyes that you open up the eyes of their understanding like Paul prayed for us. Today we pray, God, open up the eyes of our heart that we may see you and know you, that we may trust what you want to do in and through our lives, that together we can reach, we can help, we can teach, we can release, that today we can look forward, we can have open hearts, believe you and expect more. God, I pray that you heal people of trauma of the past, hurts of the past, pain of the past. 
God, that they would believe you in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, that you would sweep through this place. Oh, come on, I lead leaders praying, connect group leaders praying. Come on, can we fill this atmosphere with prayer? Holy Spirit, that you would come and sweep this place and break off chains and open up eyes, God. Open up our eyes to see you in a way that we've never seen you before, God. Have your way in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for your healing. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. With every eye closed, every head bowed, all across this auditorium. If you're here today and you say, Alex, I'm so far from God. I don't have a relationship with God. I don't know this God that you're talking about. And maybe you're in here, you're saying, Alex, I got some sin in my life. I got some things that I haven't even told nobody. I got issues in my life. And I want to tell you that the Bible says that all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. We've all failed God in one way or another. The Bible says that sin separates us from God, but that God so loved the world that he said there's one and only son, Jesus, to die for you and die for me. Not one of us are perfect. All of us have failed God. But thank God for his grace and thank God for his son, Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin, all of your sin. He went up on a cross and he died for all of humanity. The Bible says that Jesus went down to a grave where he was dead for three days and after three days he resurrected. I believe that Jesus, he's alive today and he wants to give you life and life more abundantly. Come on, as the whole church is praying, every eye closed, every head bowed, here in the auditorium and additional seating live stream. As the whole church is praying, if you're here today, you say, Alex, I want to put my faith and my trust in Jesus. If you're here today, you say, Alex, I need a brand new beginning. I need a new start. Alex, I need forgiveness of my sins. The Bible says that if you call on him, you will be saved. You will be forgiven. With every eye closed, every head bowed. If that's you, I'm going to count to three in just a moment. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Nobody looking around. I'm not going to hand you the mic. I'm not going to embarrass you. None of that. I just want to see who I'm going to pray for. More importantly, I believe God's seeing you take that step of faith. If that's you, wherever you are, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can. As high as you can. Hands raised up all over the auditorium. I see you. 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 God bless you. God bless you and you and you and you and you and you back there and you amazing and the additional seating as well you raise your hand we got leaders and pastors back there father i thank you so much for all these hands being raised i pray that today you will seal this moment with your holy spirit all of you that raise your hand i want you to repeat this prayer after me in fact the whole church let's say that out, this out loud say father, father thank, you thank you for today, for today. Thank, you thank you for this opportunity i admit that i'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you jesus i believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I am forgiven, I am saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, Calvary, can we give them a big, big hand? Come on, hands were raised all over this place, amazing.